Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Action is the foundational key to all success. And that's by Picasso. And he was a busy guy, so I think he knew what he was talking about. So welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. I'm so excited to have a conversation with Melissa R. Rich. Is it really Melissa is rich or are rich? <laughs> I wish. Yes. I got that a lot growing up. <laughs> I bet you did. Well, I got I Love Lucy. That was the positive. Wow. Uh, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> and but my favorite was Lucy in the Sky. So it was good. With That's that. a good one. Yes. So, hey, happy new year still. I'm going to say that all winter long. And I just want to remind you that I have some things you can grab over at lucydumascoaching.com. Lucy is always with an eye. And um, I think that's all I have to say to start. So, Melissa R. Rich, come on down. (laughs) Hi, how's it going? Good. So, let me tell you a little about her. She's the founder of Virtually Done Systems. It's a business dedicated to all things systems and workflows for people like us, creative small business owners. She was behind the camera for 15 years as a full-time wedding photographer. We need systems for that. And enjoyed the behind the scenes more than her time photographing. And so now she helps us get our lives back by helping implement proven strategized systems, workflows, and automations so that those day-to-day tasks that stress us out can release us to falling back in love with the photography and the business. So, all right, let's see, where do we get started? I'd love to know a little more about your background or when you were a kid, were you always organizing (laughs) or... Stuff like that. Definitely not always organizing as a kid. I don't know that my mom would say that I had the cleanest room, but it wasn't the worst out of my three sisters. Um, (laughs) um, So I, goodness, where do I start? So I spent 15 years as a wedding photographer. I had no plans to be a wedding photographer or a photographer at all when I grew up. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to be, except that I wanted to make people's lives easier. So mm. that that's what that's what my goal was. How did you know you wanted to make people's lives easier? And maybe this is the oldest child in me. I don't know, but I've always been a people pleaser, if you will. Um, still am a people pleaser to this day, a recovering perfectionist, all of those mm-hmm. things. But helping people reach their goals and make their dreams come to life is just really what lights my heart on fire because I know that. Oh, that team effort, if you will, and that behind the, all that behind the scenes work really makes such a big difference. But helping others get there, it just it's the best thing in the world, mm-hmm. the best thing in the world. So that's that's my goal. That's what makes me happy. Yeah. So I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I got into wedding photography, actually, because of my then boyfriend. We had just graduated college and a friend asked him to photograph their wedding because he was a photographer and a pretty good one. And he asked me to tag along to like hold gear and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we did this for a couple of years. And then I started getting ideas for photos in my head 
But I tried to translate that over to him to get him to shoot what I wanted, what I saw in my head, but it didn't work. (laughs) And it didn't work and it didn't work. So I got frustrated and picked up the camera one day and started shooting. And the rest is kind of history. We've had a wedding photography business for 15 years. 15 years. We just wrapped up our very last season. So it's kind of bittersweet, but I'm feeling good about the new direction we're moving in. (laughs) So that's kind of my history as a wedding photographer. And not really on the side because it was a full-time job, but at the same time, in the early years of our wedding photography business, I worked on the process management team for a corporate company here in Kansas City. And so I learned a lot about process and systems and workflows and how to make things Mm. better and everything like that. And so my business now, Virtually Done Systems, is kind of the combination of two of those things that I love so much the wedding photography, but also the behind the scenes systems and making things run smoothly and everything like that. So it's kind of been a topsy-turvy, curvy hill to get where I'm Mm -hmm. at. But I love, I love, love, love helping creatives see their visions come to life because their lives have gotten easier. Yes. So um, perfect topic for the conversations I've been having with my coaching clients this month, Um, because, you know, it's always like, here it is, January, February, there's a year ahead. And, you know, where do I get started? How do I get things done? And um, I I don't know if I've told this recently, but my second husband worked at a company called Solar Turbines, and he worked Mm -hmm. in the split ring cell. I was like, what is that? As a production (laughs) control specialist. So a turbine engine is a great big thing. And one part of it that is assembled onto it is a split ring cell. I don't know what that is, but you don't just go to the store and buy a split ring cell. You have to assemble it from all kinds of other parts. So production control is about, okay, somebody orders an engine, then he gets, you know, we need this kind of split ring cell thing. Sure. So then he's got this list of, you know, we need to order all these parts and then we need to assemble them in this order. Mm -hmm. And at the, no, I, yeah, I was still doing weddings when we first got together. I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm also a production control specialist (laughs) because (laughs) we have to number, we have to order if we're, if we're doing a book and at the time, uh, books were assembled. I didn't Mm -hmm. order them, you know, like we do now. It was Mm -hmm. pre-digital. So we had to get the prints and we had to, with some of them, you had to trim it just right. You had to order the cover and you had to have enough pages. And so what we do as photographers and creatives Mm -hmm. is that is a part of it is we are in production. So you have to have systems or it's chaos. And you don't look good in your client's eyes and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely that is yeah. bad. <laughs> not great. I like yeah. happy clients. All right. So what is the first thing I should ask you about the virtually done approach? Or how do we start thinking about workflow and systems? Yeah. I always like to say is to start thinking about workflow. 
the very first thing you need to do is identify, well, one, figure out what the goal of your workflow is, right? Why do you need it? What's the point? What is it going to do for you? How is it going to make your life easier? Because you need to know what goal you're working towards in order to build it. You need to know what purpose it's going to have in your life to get started, to know what your end goal is and how to get there. So start one, start with identifying what's the point of this. So if your point is to have Say you're a wedding photographer and your point is to um, deliver an exceptional client experience to your clients. That's great. That's a good goal. So start with your goal. Um, The second thing you need to do is identify your client life cycle. And so your client life cycle is going to be any and every step that your clients take with you from the very first initial inquiry message they send you until you deliver that wedding album or send them their prints or send that happy anniversary email on their on their one-year anniversary, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So your client life cycle is going to be everything that happens with you from point A to point Z, if you will. Now, one thing that I've learned from working with creatives is that instead of looking at that client life cycle as one big piece, because that can just get so overwhelming, is that you need to break it down into smaller chunks before Mm -hmm. you start building systems or workflows, right? So you're going to break it down into, let's say, an inquiry phase and then a booking phase, um, an engagement, like a pre-engagement session, and then a wedding phase, delivery and post-delivery, right? Mm -hmm. And so then once you've got those individual phases of your client lifecycle identified, then it's time to go into each of those steps, each of those phases, if you will, and identify the little steps that make up each of those phases, um, cause you don't want to, you don't want to tackle the whole thing as a big whole thing. You'll get overwhelmed and frustrated and then you'll just walk away from it and wind up with no systems in place at all, right, right. um, which defeats the purpose. That's not yeah. what you're, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you said, you've yeah. got to have them in place. Yes. So if someone hasn't listened to my solo episode, that was a couple of weeks ago. Now, when this is posting, it was about planning your year for success. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that I offered is, because that sounds so freaking overwhelming to me. Does that mm-hmm. to you, Melissa? Mm-hmm. Yes. Get some big goals in mind, but break it down to mm-hmm. a quarter at a time or a month mm-hmm. at a time. And like you said, make all those lists of those simple tasks mm-hmm. and then calendar them out. But mm-hmm. you might have way more guidance on how we do that. So I just want to say, yeah. yeah. If you listen before now, here's a richer version of that. Um, Absolutely. Um, I think the thing when it comes to writing all those tasks out and like breaking the life cycle phases up into smaller pieces when it comes to identifying those tasks, as a creative, you have to keep it a visual process, right? So photographers are creative people. We're visual people. We like to hmm. see things instead of writing it or reading it or what that kind of thing. We learn, we're visual learners. Mm-hmm. And so I like to say that the key to to creating a successful workflow and identifying all those steps is to keep it a visual process. Um, there are a couple of ways that to do this. My favorite is to grab a pack of sticky notes or post-its and for one phase of a client life cycle, for that inquiry phase, I write down every single step that my client takes with me on a post-it note. And then I post it out note down my hallway. I just make a list down my hallway or down my door (laughs) so I can see all the steps that I'm working on at one time. The post-it notes, because you can pick them up and move them if you've skipped a step or if you've missed something, or if something needs to be moved around, once you visually see it, it lets you 
pull things back and move them around so that they're in the right order and make sense for your clients. It also lets you keep move things if you need to. So it's super, it's a visual process, number one. Two, it's bright and pretty and colorful. And I'm on board mm-hmm. for anything that has to do with that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just an easier way of building that workflow out. So once you identify those steps, map them out, make sure you've got everything, keep it visual before you even try to drop it into like a list maker or a spreadsheet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I like to do that. You're not doing it for each client. This is how you're figuring out the workflow? Mm-hmm. How you're figuring out the workflow. Okay. So you don't have a hallway of mm-hmm. 15 weddings? That No, no, okay. no, no. So you'll need to figure... Here's the, here's the thing about a workflow is you want it to work for you and you want it to be a repeatable process, right? So once you figure out a workflow for one wedding client, you're going to use that same workflow on another wedding client. Now, if you are a family photographer, if you also offer family photography or headshots, you're also going to want to figure out workflows for those things as well too. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you want to have a workflow for every offer that you have in your business or for every product that you sell. That way you can keep that client experience consistent from the very, very beginning all the way to the very end. Right. I can see how having this all tightened up can help people sleep at night. Oh my gosh. Um, I have the kind of brain where I can keep track of things Mm -hmm. and and know, okay, so-and-so, I've done this towards their album, but I need to finish this up. Mm-hmm. But it's like a swarm of bees in my head sure. all the time. And yeah. when I've been organized in a similar way, then mm-hmm. I can just look at that, go, yeah, that's there. And then the bees go quiet for a while. Oh my gosh, absolutely. You know? Or or like the birds in the movie where <laughs> everything goes quiet and the birds settle down for a while. And Yes. Yeah, it's not that scary. No, <laughs> yeah. you've got it. You've got it. All right. It. So creating a repeatable process. Um, okay. Is there something next on that? Yeah. So after you've got all of your steps figured out, then before, again, before you even start to build a workflow in like a CRM or anything like that, you want to go through and make sure what I like to call the goods ready. Now, the goods are going to be anything that you need to put into that workflow to make it happen. So email copy, pricing guides, um, a blog post, galleries, you name it, whatever your clients need from you, you want to make a one, a list of what you need so that you can then go back in and create it. Um, I recommend making the list first. And then once you've got the entire list made, going back and writing all of those emails at once or creating all of those calendar links or blog posts. Mm. Um, that way you can work in bulk to save a little bit of time to keep your brain focused instead of jumping from blog posts to email to pricing guide to album example or anything like that. And this is also something that I like to do with sticky notes. So I leave my workflow sticky notes up in the hallway and then I'll take another sticky note of a different color and write on it what I need to make that workflow step happen. So I know when I go to actually start building, okay, so to send this initial inquiry, I need email copy, a pricing guide, a link to a gallery, and whatever else might be in that workflow. So I know exactly what I need to create for that step so that I can go ahead and create it so that when it comes time to actually build, I've got everything done that needs to be done and I don't have to stop or get frustrated or anything like that. So... I was thinking about if someone's going to cook Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Great example. And, 
but first I was going to say the first thing we need is a hallway, right? Yeah. So if you don't have a hallway, move, <laughs> step one. <laughs> you can also use windows. We've wound up playing a game of oh. tic-tac-toe inadvertently with our neighbors across the street when I started <laughs> putting post-its up in the window. <laughs> Um, but you can also use tools like Lucidchart is a free online tool that will let you draw out workflows. Um, Canva, you could drag and drop workflows in Canva if you wanted to. That's a free tool that you could also use to help create your workflows if you don't have a big hallway. You could realistically do it in Photoshop or InDesign too if you feel like it. It might take a little bit longer, but you could do it. Yeah. Or you could do it vertical. Yeah, exactly. And uh so you don't need a hallway, just a wall. Just a door. Yeah, exactly. A door. Yeah. <laughs> like it. Okay. So let's pretend we're going to, let's not make it Thanksgiving. Let's just make it, you're going to have some friends over for dinner. Yeah. So how would we break that down? Yeah. So you would figure out what you're going to serve, right? This would be identical to your client life cycle phases. And then once you figure out what you're going to serve, so we're going to probably host a Super Bowl party because the Chiefs just made it to the Super Bowl last night. So oh, excited. they did. Yeah, Yay! it was a great game. So we're going to host a Super Bowl party. Let's say I'm going to make a pot of chili. So chili is my first and considered it my initial inquiry life cycle phase, right? So I've got my, I know I'm going to make chili. Now I know that to make this chili, I need beans and uh, I use ground turkey, mushrooms, red peppers, can chipotles. You make your list of everything that you need, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the store to get it, going to the store to get it is, and then coming home and chopping everything up. That's like creating your email copy and your pricing guides. And then once you've got everything chopped up and prepped, you're going to dump it all into the pot to cook. Uh, same thing as putting it all into your CRM to build your workflow out. Those are kind of the similar steps. So you figure out what you're going to cook. You identify your client life cycle, right? You make your list of your groceries. You make your list of content, copy, everything like that that you need. You go shopping and you chop your groceries up. And then you write your emails. And then you dump it all into the pot and you put it all into your CRM. Did, mm-hmm. I, did I match them up? Okay. Yes. But also, we need a pot. We need yeah. a spoon. Yes. We need bowls. We need yes. You know, a table. Yes. We need so being really thorough. Like yeah. you always see like those Thanksgiving uh, nightmares where dinner is supposed to be at twelve <laughs> and they don't put the turkey in till yes eleven and yes. then midnight and so having that like how long does this take uh-huh. to cook. You need your recipe. You do need your recipe. So, yeah. I always recommend that once you visually got your workflow mapped out to then take it and put it into, I like to put it into like a Google sheet. That way I can list it all out and I can list what the task is, what I need to accomplish it. If you have a team, it's important to know who is going to do it. If I'm going to do it, if my CRM is going to do it. So Mm. who's going to do it? when it happens. So does it happen as soon as the client inquires? Does it happen as soon as they sign their contract? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. And then I like to also add 
how what the if there is a time gap in between things. So for instance, if you get an initial inquiry, one thing that a lot of photographers forget to do is follow up with this person after you send them one email, right? You have mm-hmm. to send those follow-ups. Sometimes people genuinely just get busy. And so after that initial inquiry goes out, let's send a follow-up email out three days later. So there's going to be a three-day gap in between the two. And then another five days after that, you're going to send a second follow-up. So you have mm-hmm. to know how you're going to do that too. Um, I like to list all of this out in a spreadsheet once I'm done doing my visual map out so that I've got it all in one spot. Again, that way there's no questions or I don't have to hesitate or stop or get frustrated when I'm actually building in my CRM. So what I'm imagining some people like me are thinking is I barely have time to get things done, let alone follow Mm -hmm. all of that. And what I'm hearing is, and it would be really great if you had help with it, because Uh it is my nature to create some systems and things, Mm -hmm. but the implementing, I don't want to spend the time doing that. So I've, Mm -hmm. um, I've always, when I was full-time, I've always had someone that would come over Mm -hmm. a couple days a week and enter things and start things and have the Mm -hmm. checklists and open the frame boxes Mm -hmm. and put the things in the frame, the things, portraits, assemble the books. So Mm -hmm. I'm imagining that you're an advocate for. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Getting help with this. Absolutely. And having, so my, my husband is, has one of the most creative brains. He will tell you this, that I, he's got one of the most creative brains that I've ever met and his brain does not think like mine does. So I think in lines and in workflows and systems and charts and his is like a big squiggly line all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's just how it works. And so he will attest to the fact that having somebody help you implement those things is like night and day. It's night and day between being able to sleep at night, staying up until 2 a.m., you know, writing emails back and everything like that. Um, not everybody, it's great if you have, if you can invest and have somebody set your systems up for you. I'm a big proponent of that. But I also know that a lot of people who need systems the most are brand new photographers and they don't have that money to invest to have somebody set it up yet. And that's okay. Your systems can be as simple as a checklist in your notes app. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With a link to a Google doc that has all of your emails pre-written out in them. And so that way you just copy and paste your emails over and then check it off on that notes app. It can be as simple as that if you can't have somebody set them up for you. But outsourcing it, so many creative brains don't don't work well with systems, outsourcing it so that you as a creative can stay working in your zone of genius and using your creative energy do it. It's going to reduce, it's going to make your life so much easier and reduce so much overwhelm and stress for you and your business. Right. And I always find when I have a partner in the business, I'm more creative. I'm enjoying Mm -hmm. it more. I'm a people person and there's so much solo work in industry. So I'm, I'm always more productive just for the virtual fact isn't virtual in your business name? It is. <laughs> <laughs> For the virtual fact that that um, having someone else, uh, first of all, when I know they're going to be coming over or my virtual assistant is virtual because a lot has to do with the podcast and the coaching sure. and stuff. So I don't need them to help me assemble 
things. But when I know I'm going to be talking to her, then it helps me get things ready. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy handoff. Mm -hmm. So it helps me have a routine where where just like (laughs) I haven't had a regular housekeeper since COVID because I don't have people come over as much. And so I don't have a system where every Monday, if my laundry's done, she'll put it away. Mm -hmm. If there's clean sheets, she'll Mm -hmm. do that. So Mm -hmm. um, I like that we're on the same page with that, that that getting help actually makes us money. That's a fear. It's people like, I can't afford it. What do you say to that girl? You know, how much is your time worth? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You One of the biggest struggles in our wedding photography business was a decision to outsource our editing, right? Because as creatives and as photographers, you think nobody can do what I do. Nobody can match my style. Nobody can do any of that. But when you think about the fact that you spend how much time? 30, 40, 50, depending on the wedding, 60 hours editing and culling and everything like that, it's worth the money that you would spend on an editor to get that time back in your life because it lets you focus one, it gets time back in your life. So you can take a nap or sleep at night or, you know, do something with your family that you haven't gotten to do. But also it's going to let you focus on what you need to be focusing on in your business, which is marketing, making money, taking more photos. Anybody can edit. You know what I mean? Anybody can call your photos, but it's a hard, hard lesson to learn that spending that money to outsource something that takes stress off your shoulders is such Oh, it's such a relief. Such a relief. Absolutely. Absolutely. I calculated for someone that is um, priced for profit and brings in a hundred thousand, which mm-hmm. leads to an income of thirty to forty thousand for most people, mm-hmm. that your time is worth two to three hundred dollars an hour. Oh, easily. It okay. if you're if you're let's say putting in 30 hours of work a week. Mm-hmm. So we we almost can't afford. You not. can't not afford not to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, and I know this is a controversial topic, but with all of the new AI editing and cloning software out there, I mean, talk about working smart and not hard. I'm all for being a hard worker. But again, if there's something that you can use to make your life easier, gosh, why why wouldn't you do, go for it? Right. Exactly. My first professional organizer that I hired, Uh and I'm somebody that because like I have an organizing way about me, Mm -hmm. but what I learned from her is I get stuck if I don't know what to do with something. Mm -hmm. And then I have piles Mm -hmm. and then I feel shame Mm -hmm. and then it drains me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book. Her name will pop in my head, but you probably it's probably out of print, but you might be able to find it. I will it's check it out. More time for sex. Oh. <laughs> and about, you know, hey, yeah. organized and our life is running smoothly and mm-hmm. we get help. We've got more time for the things that really matter in life. So, oh my gosh. It's so right. Harriet, Harriet's her first name. It'll pop in. So Okay. Is there anything else in those steps? Oh, I want to go back to, you said, make a Google. Mm-hmm. It's like, everything's Google. Is a Google sheet like an Excel? Like an Excel spreadsheet. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
a pages spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that will let you put a chart into it. Again, you could re- you could do this in InDesign if you wanted to. You could do this in Canva if you wanted to. Anything where you can put just a little chart together with a couple of side-by-side blocks that will go across so you can list the who, the what, the how, the when, and then list all of your steps going down will work great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I'm sure people feel um, calmer already. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I think the last episode was Krista Marie, who we talked about burnout. And as I was looking at some of the notes in your superpower, this all feeds into what you're talking about feeds into avoiding overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And my thought was overwhelm is the mother of burnout, right? For sure, for sure. I mean, yes, overworking, there's Mm -hmm. internal, a lot of us are undiagnosed ADHD, Mm -hmm. especially women, some of the symptoms are different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess I'm referring to shows right now today. So I did have a really great podcast and ADHD was the topic. So if you go back maybe two four months ago, and I'm not going to take the time to, to look up his name, but um, anywho, so let's talk about overwhelm and your thoughts, how to avoid it. It's the, it's the worst feeling in the world. And I know that as, as a business owner, we've all been there and we've all had that moment where it feels like the world is crashing down on you and you just want to crawl into bed and never come out. Right. Mm -hmm. I know I've been there before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, How do you, how do you get over it? How do you prevent it? There's not one right way to do it. But I am a big believer that systems can help you get over that overwhelm. Because if you, at least for me, one of the biggest things that causes overwhelm in my business is going to be having to make all these teeny tiny little decisions about all of these teeny tiny little things that seem to be of no significance, right? I want to make decisions about big things that happen, not little things. But by having to make decisions about all those teeny tiny things, when do I send this email? What do I title it? What what gallery do I attach? All of those little things. When should this happen in my business? When should that happen? When should I send them their album? When should I do this meeting? By constantly making all those little decisions without systems in place, you're just asking to be completely overwhelmed. But once you get those things systemized and written down in an order, even if it's just a checklist, that's going to bring a little bit of calmness to your life because you're not going to question any longer when things happen or what do I do this or what what's included here or when do I send this or what does this client need? Because you know exactly what they're going to need when by having that system in place. Right. Um, I'm also a big fan of outsourcing to reduce overwhelm. And again, mm-hmm. we just talked about this. It's so hard, so hard to learn that spending time to outsource something is going to be good for you and your business. The first thing that I think you should get rid of when it comes to outsourcing is whatever you hate doing and whatever takes up the most of your time. You know what I mean? A lot of people will say to get rid of the thing that takes up the most of your time first. And I'm all about that. That's fine. But realistically, by getting rid of doing the things that you dread looking forward to and that you hate doing, that's going to take so much pressure and stress off your shoulders that you're not going to have to worry about, right? I hate, hate, hate bookkeeping, right? Hate it. Yeah. Hate it with a passion. 
How do you feel? How do you really feel? <laughs> I have, I love my accountant, Donna, because she's amazing. She's an angel because she does things for me, but I hate my accountant, Donna, because her emails stress me out. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But I know that she's taking care of that work. And so I'm less overwhelmed because it's off my shoulders. I just have to approve and finalize things. Right. It's the same thing with like clothing. You know what I mean? I hate, mm-hmm. I hated clothing in my wedding photography business. Um, hated it. And so outsourcing that was such a pressure relief release mm-hmm. that it was just, oh, I have so much time to do things that I enjoy. I can schedule projects that I want to do for fun. I can take a nap. I can take my nieces to the museum, pick a thing, whatever you love to do by relieving that overwhelm and stress in your business and taking it off your shoulders by getting rid of it and having somebody else do it for you because there is somebody else to do it for you, no matter what it is. Bookkeeping, editing, culling systems, you name it. Somebody is there to do it for you. You're going to feel so much better. You're going to be taking care of yourself. You're going to be running your business smarter instead of harder. You'll probably also be supporting another small business, which, you know, we can all get behind. Yeah. So. Yeah. One of the things I see people do that puts pressure on them that they put on themselves is un over promising deadlines oh. for clients. Yes. As if having it fast is what's important. Mm-hmm. And then the stress and anxiety of that and like, but I I can't go to Disneyland today because I promised that wedding album to be done mm-hmm. in three days. And so now I have to do all of that. And that kind of energy slows me down. I don't know about you, but it really does. Yeah. So I've always said eight to 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. but I don't promise because if I Mm -hmm. promise you, then yours is going to be the one that gets lost in the mail, that the lab does it wrong, Mm -hmm. that I ordered the wrong kind of cover. Mm -hmm. And so I give myself permission. To have it ready when it's ready. Yes. I, I love that so much because especially in the industry as it is now with everything, with most things being digital, clients expect that instant gratification of getting their gallery within days. And right. that's just, it puts it puts so much unnecessary pressure on you, but also everybody else out there. If they see that you're delivering photos in three days, that doesn't that's not good for anybody. Right. You have you have to leave room in your life for one for life to happen. Two for cannonballs or the unexpected things to happen. Cannonballs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm one of those people who likes to plan out my entire week ahead of time and then re- it never fails. Something always happens and it's like, well, there goes that. Yeah. So yeah, we have to leave room. Right. Yeah. When people would say, Why does it take so long? Mm-hmm. I might just casually say, you know, anything great, good things mm-hmm. take time. I say, you know, I use the best lab in the country and Mm -hmm. they have lots of other great clients. Mm -hmm. I'm not their only client. And I, this is a busy time of year. So I have, if Mm -hmm. I were doing weddings, I have several wedding albums that I'm in process of doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm on track. It's not going to get put on the shelf for six months. Right. I have permission for that. Right. And then they're usually like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then on the occasion when something needs to be rushed, Mm -hmm. then I have that ability to do that. But I'm not Mm -hmm. always living like I'm on fire. No, you have to be gentle to yourself. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I think that something else that causes a lot of overwhelm, especially in the photography industry today and just how businesses are run online and social media mindset and everything like that is the the strive to be perfect and to get things absolutely perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's what everybody else shows. That's that's honestly something perfectionism is something that I've struggled with for years and I'm I still struggle with it to this day. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't want to put anything, a photo up unless it's perfectly dodged and burned, or you don't want to put a caption up unless it's perfect. And it, especially as business owners, it can just debilitate you. You know what I mean? I know that I have stopped working on things or putting things out there because it's not perfect. And I can't put my name on it if it's not perfect. That puts so much stress on your shoulders. One of the things that I tell myself every day, uh, and this is thanks to my business coach, is that done is better than perfect. Yes. You know what I mean? I repeat that daily mantra every day. Done is better than perfect. It's mm-hmm. better to have um, a photo that's not perfectly dodged and burned up on social media so you can engage. It's better to deliver a gallery that is good enough. Your client's not going to know the difference between good and good enough or good enough and perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, your bridal show booth is going to be good enough is good enough to get it done, to get that client workflow done instead of perfect and to deliver at least something. It's such a relief freeing mindset, but it's so hard to get there. And I think that struggling with perfectionism as business owners, it just, it kills so many of us. It just, oh, right. And the truth is there is no such thing as perfect. No, not at all. What I, cause I'm a recovering perfectionist myself Mm -hmm. and a big aha when I'm trying to grow through something. I journal a lot. And in my journaling, what came up is I can still strive for excellence. Yes. So that's always my, you know, I'm I'm not a perfectionist. I do things in a way that the results most of the time can be excellent, but good enough. I love that. Is, I love that. Yeah. I look like I've years ago when I photographed a friend and then now I walk into their home and there's their wall portraits. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, they love those. <laughs> I love those. What? But right? it's a treasure for them, mm-hmm. especially now with digital. Mm-hmm. There's a, a difference between the images, the lighting in the eyes, the sharpness, mm-hmm. little things in oh the background, gosh. things I can't change that were fine and I was happy with that I look at now and or if somebody's like hey I need a reprint of this and I have a garage full of negatives then after the scan then I have to do retouching just for my own satisfaction and it's a better image because of that but you know we accepted certain things and and it was fine absolutely exactly yeah, exactly. So, oh, I think we're just about out of time. Oh um, my goodness, that flew by. I know. So, uh, two questions. Mm-hmm. One is, how do we get in touch with you? Mm-hmm. Slash, I know you have 
something free, free, free. So yes, 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 yes. So you can you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at virtually done systems. Um, it's spelled just like it sounds. And I have my free gift for you guys is a link to my payday automation, which means that if you are not getting paid automatically, if you are still forgetting to send invoices and chasing down your clients to get paid two weeks after the fact, it's time to stop that. Let's get it automated because you need to get paid. Um, You can find that download at the link in my Instagram bio. I'm going to put it up there so it's easy to access for you. Um, I will also, and I didn't mention this to you, Lucy, but after our conversation, I want to make sure this is something people have to. I will also put up my um, workflow building template that's in Google Docs for people Mm -hmm. to copy so that once they have that workflow mapped out, they have a place to plug it into without, without being overwhelmed. So they'll both be there for you. Great, great. And before I ask you the second question, I just want to mention, and I imagine you agree with this, that we're all different in some people aren't, even photographers are not that visual, and that Mm -hmm. there are many ways to have a system and be reminded Mm -hmm. and keep track. Some Mm -hmm. people like whiteboards, some people Mm -hmm. like CRMs. Mm -hmm. When I did weddings, I had three shelves, three long shelves, and this was negative. So negatives are here. It's time to call the client. Once they order, everything goes here. Things start getting put Mm -hmm. in there and I keep Mm -hmm. all contracts and things. And then on the third shelf, it's ready to deliver. Mm -hmm. So I always had this visual reminder of where I was in the big chunk. Mm -hmm. And then I had a a sheet of paper that went into each one. So I could pull it out and say, oh, you know, what's done, what's not done. So, okay. So Mm -hmm. what would you either like to be sure that you'd let us in on that Uh you haven't said or a parting shot? So this is your last word opportunity. Okay. So there's, there's two things. One is that systems don't have to be complicated. So just like you said, Lucy, systems can be whatever works for you. It can be a checklist in notes. It can be a Google list or a Google Excel sheet with all of your, everything listed out. It can be a CRM or a project manager, a whiteboard. As long as it works for you and your business, that is the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that matters is that it works for you. So they don't have to be complicated. And the second one is that Okay, so it was part of that one, I guess, is that it has to work for you, right? So don't think that you have to change to a new CRM or set up a tool just because I'm telling you you need to or somebody else told you you need to. It needs to work for you. Just because you buy a template that worked for somebody doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. The best systems to have in place are one that will work for your business, that will make your life easier, and that will take care of your clients. Thank you so much. I'm sure people are like, I got to listen to this again and write notes. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> some of the notes are going to be in the show notes, but mm-hmm. there's so much more. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Melissa, for being on the show. And oh my gosh. I know you're going to be impacting people all over the world. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. It's been, like I said, so much fun. Such an honor to be here after listening for forever. I just, so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I have to say that she was fun, wasn't she? And I wish she lived next door because I think we'd be great friends, as seems to be the case with all my guests. Actually, I just love the brilliant people I get to talk to that have a heart for sharing and helping us in this industry. Um, Just a little quick 
quack, whack up, <laughs> quick wrap up. Um, we talked about workflow and she said the number one step is to figure out what is your goal? How will it serve us? Like, what's the point? Number two, identify the client life cycle from start to finish. Then three, break it down into small chunks. Four, keep it visual. She likes sticky notes and you can put them down a hall. You can put them vertically on a door. You can, I don't know, maybe make a little little S journey. I think that would be fun. That would fit me. <laughs> um, and then five, create repeatable processes. Six, get everything ready so that you're not like I've been guilty many times of assembling an album back when we had to order the pages and missing two key pages. And so I had to wait now 10 days for the album company to send me just those two pages. So being prepared with all the things. <laughs> Let's see. And um, put it on some kind of spreadsheet. And then uh, number eight, you're going to have to listen because I just put the word get. <laughs> so I don't remember what that was. But we talked about how having these systems, oh, getting help, that was number eight. <laughs> um having people help us and having a system so they can fit that in is the key to avoiding overwhelm. Not that in this industry, we can avoid it at all costs and all the time, but having a system and getting support can really resolve a lot of issues. And when we do this, we're more profitable. When we've got more of our best energy available for our clients, for marketing, for thinking up stuff, then our businesses are more effective and, and you know, we can serve more people and we can get paid. <laughs> so thanks again for listening and please tell your friends, please watch it on YouTube and subscribe because I want to be in 191 countries, if there are that many, so that worldwide, this industry can continue to thrive and photographers can. That's it for now. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.